stationary. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called nanodots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, <laughs> that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com ajax, click buy paper-like, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com ajax to get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comics Catch-Up for November 2020. This is the show. You heard me say it. 
moments ago. This is the show where we read comics that we didn't read when they came out. Because there, there are too many comics. There, there are too many comics, and then for a while there, there weren't enough comics. That's true, but... And I feel like now we're back to too many. It, when comics are coming out, there are too many comics. I think what we need here, Matt, uh, I've always said it. Fewer comics, more jokers. <laughs> Put it on a sign. Take it take it to the National Mall protest. Anyway, this is the show where we catch up on the comics that we did not read when they came out. That was Chris Sims, you heard just a moment ago. Hello. My name is Matt Wilson. And this month on the show, we did a poll as we do most months that we do comics catch up. And the winner this time around was the life and death of Conan, which was published in the first 12 issues of the current Marvel comics, Conan series. It began in 2019 and ended in 2020 I'm not sure if this got delayed by unprecedented times. It did, but it not did. not during this storyline. Uh, okay. Because after these 12, Jim Zub takes over. Right. And he was talking about how, you know, Conan has been something he's wanted to write forever. And as soon as he got on it, uh, their uh, storyline was interrupted for three or four months. Yeah. This is the entire Jason Aaron run on Conan, essentially. Jason Aaron came on for 12 issues and did this one big story. But it should be noted that this one big story is really more like nine stories. Yeah, I would say nine is about right, because I did read one to nine in one sitting, and then 10, 11, and 12 today, which is a uh, completely different experience reading the first nine and then the last three. Because the last three go together. They, they, are, they continue the story from the first yeah. issue, whereas two through nine are all pretty self-contained single-issue stories. You know what this felt like to me, Chris? What did it feel like to you, Matt? Felt like a season of a television show. I think that's fair. I, I think it, it it definitely has that feel. Um, now, did 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 slash has slash will uh, Jason Aaron come back for uh, King Conan? Because that is advertised in the last issue. I, I would hope. Uh, maybe I don't know. Um, Which is very weird if he does. If this is the exact same thing that he does with Thor. <laughs> This is very much what he does with Thor, and what Jason Aaron seems to like to do with a lot of his books. It's kind of what he does with Avengers, even though with Avengers, they're a million years apart. Yeah. In this, we get a collection of stories that occur throughout much of Conan's life. Even back to childhood, there are bits of this that go back to Conan being a child. Matt, I would say that we get uh, stories that occur all throughout the life and death of Conan. Should be noted, though, that the death is not permanent. 
it it that, doesn't that's take. True. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's a it's a Marvel comic, so <laughs> this death it didn't take. Uh, he did actually die though. That is that is true. But it it's not linear. We don't see Conan get older. We bounce around. Like in the second issue, he seems well the first issue bounces around within its story, right? Because we get a young Conan who meets this witch, who meets and beds a witch, and then we get an older Conan who sees the consequences of his actions as a younger man come back to bite him. That is that is the structure of the first issue. Yeah, or the uh, perhaps we perhaps we call them the consequences. Consequences. That's right. Yeah, he has some consequences. Because because here's the thing: he thinks that this is just a pretty young woman who he has encountered. Turns out she's a witch. Mm-hmm. Who as, wants, as happens. Who wants to summon the blood god? You tell me, tell me, uh, I keep calling him in my head, Razel, but that's wrong. That's the guy who's really good at beatboxing. <laughs> that's right. That's Razel. Yeah. And, and Raziel is, is someone different. Yeah. I, I'll have to look up the name of the, the blood god. Because is Razzle Dazzle? Is it Razzle Dazzle? It's not Razzle Dazzle. Something like that. But yeah, you know, the blood god. It's the blood god. Um, she's going to sacrifice Conan to the blood god. But it's Razazel. 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 Play Nightcrawler's dad. <laughs> exactly. But with an R. And Conan gets away from her when she's going to sacrifice him to the blood god. You know, chops her head off, Conan stuff. He chops her head off, but not all the way. It's, she's, she's nearly headless, which I believe now Jason Aaron is the creator of that joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he chops her head off, but not all the way. And then, just as like a little bit of fun, as a treat, you know, because he's a younger man, he uh, burns down her entire home. <laughs> yeah. Which is a cave full of roots. You know, yes. blood roots. Blood roots. For the blood god. Right. Then... She, who did not die, because he didn't chop her head all the way off, mm-hmm. and her children, uh, who we learn later how they were born. I thought for sure they were going to turn out to be Conan's actual kids. They're not. I also thought that might be where it was going, because I think Khan is mentioned like once – before that last issue. Yeah, there, there's a... So, again, these issues bounce around through time, and after Conan becomes King Conan, then we get mention of his actual kids, uh, including Khan. But I thought for sure that these two kids of the, the Blood Witch... I keep wanting to call her the Scarlet Witch, which is not what she is. No. But if she was in the uh, One Million Years Ago Avengers... Yeah. she's. I believe she is referred to as the Crimson Witch. Um, we. It seemed like her kids were going to be Conan's kids, because, let me tell you, uh, she and Conan definitely fought in that first issue. Yeah, I have said before, that there's really two things that Conan needs to do in a Conan story for it to 
be successful as a Conan story, which are the only two things he does, which is he kills and he fucks. And boy, which makes it very weird that they made a children's animated series <laughs> about this character. And look, I don't know who has the rights to Conan the Adventurer, but Marvel Comics, you got my number, baby. I will write you that Conan for Babies book. He, he, those are not his kids, though. No. We find out who the dad of the, the father of those kids is later, and it's just some dude. Yeah, which is a little bit disappointing because he is just some dude who's like not, like, very explicitly, he's just not as cool as Conan. Yeah, there are a lot of dudes who the Crimson Witch tries to use to summon the Blood God, and none of those people work because they're not as cool as Conan. They don't have yeah. his good blood. Yeah, because, see, here's the the thing about your blood, which you might not know. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) But did you know that every time you almost die but then don't die, your blood gets stronger? You get better blood. Yeah. And, like, your your blood levels up, your your blood levels go up. You know that old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? The part of your body that knows that best is your blood. Yes, very true. So, that's the first issue. It is the frame story that tells us that this young Conan fucked up, and this was all going to come back to bite him when he became an older Conan, uh, who was going to die. When the co-boy becomes a co-man. That's right. Then in issue two, we start the single-issue stories. Issue two follows a number of years in Conan's life, where he's like not as young as the youngest Conan, but not as old as the oldest Conan. And he a, finds a, himself... A middle Conan. He's a middle Conan. And he finds himself among uh, the Picts, who, you know, are a group of people in Conan stories that are kind of hard to deal with. <laughs> Folks! Um, if you are unfamiliar with Robert E. Howard, uh, he was from Texas and never traveled further than 10 miles from his hometown, which makes his books very impressive, I think. Uh, but also, you know, you know, dude dude from the 20s. Yeah. And who was a huge weirdo. These are native people and they read as such. But in this story, it ends up being a good way to handle it, I feel like, because Conan ends up allying himself with the Picts and essentially becomes a Pict to fight a bunch of uh, evil snakes. Yeah, the King Snake God. That's right. The the Snake God that's King Snake that controls all the other snakes. You know, Snake Snake Gods. Then they burn its head. Yeah, and the kind of high priest of the Pict is like, hey. They're never going to accept you. You're a barbarian. Come stay with the Picts. We know what's up. We're, we're, we'll accept you better than they will. And Conan, because he's Conan, is like, nah. I, I'm, I'm a loner. I got to be on my own. No, nah, man. Didn't you, didn't you know that I will later become the, the king of Aquilonia? And then, at the end of the issue, we get of what is at the end of a lot of these issues to come. The two kids look at Conan and say, hey, we're going to kill him. <laughs> hey, he has become king of Aquilonia. 
And and therefore now we we know that Conan does die. Third issue, we get what I believe is a much younger Conan who is about to be put to death a couple of times. But uh clearly the universe does not want him to die. The tree breaks when they try to hang him. Then when the high priest, this high priest guy tries to kill him with a big axe, uh, that guy gets struck by lightning. There's a real thing with Conan uh, being almost murdered on trees. It's true. To the point where that Conan video game where you can, uh, with the hog slider, you know the one I'm talking about. That starts with you on the tree of woe. Yeah, the hog slider game. Now, all three of those first issues are drawn by Mahmoud Asrar, who is extremely good at drawing yeah. Conan. Like, incredibly dope. Like, the, the art in this, I think, is... Like, it's the selling point. Like, these are good-looking Conan stories. And I feel like they look... In the way that I feel like Cary Nord made himself a super hard act to follow with Conan 2003. Yeah, for sure. That that uh, book is exceptionally beautiful. Yeah. Asrar, uh, Mahmoud Asrar, um, does kind of the, not a midpoint, but maybe like a 3070 of Cary Nord on, on Dark Horse Conan and like a 2019, 2020 Marvel comic. That looks like this, you know. Yeah. Does that make sense, Matt? It does. It looks. It looks like a Marvel comic. And I don't have any other way to say this, but except Conan looks like Conan in this book. Hmm. He doesn't look like a sort of like sanded down, Marvelized, Disneyfied Conan. He just looks like fucking Conan. Yeah, like even when he's not wearing his. Like, you know, Conan Longcloth. Like, there's a there's an issue, like, the one where he runs into the kids when uh, they're about to be... I guess they're, they're mildly in danger uh, from a couple of pirates, but they are going to murder the pirates until Conan shows up to do the murdering for them. Like, he's wearing, like, a shirt and pants and boots and, like, singing a song, which is not... Like it's not unconan like, but it is not your mental image of of the character. Uh, but he's like, you're like, oh yeah, that's Conan. I know that guy. Yeah, I point this out because in issue four, a guest artist does hop on the book. One of two guest artist issues. Uh, Gerardo Safino does the art in issue four, and it's not bad, but it is extremely different. It is, like, sketchier and kind of more old-fashioned. That's the only way I know how to put it. It's more painterly, I guess. I don't really know how to say it, but... It it looks... If you're going to compare it to somebody, it's it's a Tim Truman type thing. But, like, like a sketchy Tim Truman. Again, not in a bad way. Well, in that issue, Conan... uh, is older. He's old King Conan. And uh, he's bored with being king, so he puts on a mask and goes and kills criminals uh, with his what psychic What kind of mask lion. does he put on, Matt? A skull mask. Yeah, he puts on his Punisher 
outfit and goes and is the Punisher for a little bit. Yeah. He does <laughs> He does a Punisher in that issue. And again, at the end, the kids are like, hey, Conan, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Conan and his uh, pet lion, who uh, rules, who Conan punches that lion in the face at one point because he's trying to commit suicide by lion. Yeah. And the lion's just like, hey, man. You seem like you need a good, like, kick at. Hey, man, chill to out. To be your friend. I want to be your friend. Issue five, Conan uh, is on a ship of death. He's on a ship full of dead people. I think this is the most, the most Conan the book ever gets. Like, like the most kind of Robert E. Howard ass Conan. Not like... Not like Roy Thomas Conan or like or like comics Conan, but this is like this feels like a a Conan pulp story. Yeah, it's it's got a, a mythic quality about it. Mm-hmm. Because Conan boards the ship with a, a what is clearly a cursed talisman that kills everybody but him. And he comes to realize that if he throws the dead bodies overboard, it makes everything in the ocean fucking crazy. It, it turns everything into a Cthulhu monster. It turns everything into a monster, including the rats on the ship also. Yeah, which is a very dope uh, twist in the plot, I thought. Conan is only saved when another pirate ship approaches the ship he is on and tells him, hey, uh, we're going to kill you and take your stuff. And Conan's like, nah, I'm Conan. And he's <laughs> I'm sorry, did you not? Did you not? That's crazy misunderstanding. Listen, um, yeah. I'm Conan, actually. Yeah, and he starts killing. Yeah, and he starts killing that ship's crew. And after, there's actually a line. The, this line is fucking hilarious. It's, he only had to slay a third of the crew before the others voted unanimously to elect him their new captain. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a Conan who like hasn't eaten for like two weeks. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very good because it's very like pulpy and weird, you know, weird talesy and and horrory. But then it it definitely becomes like oh, but but just in case you forgot, this is Conan. Uh, the next issue is Conan as a mercenary fighting on behalf of an army uh, and being the only survivor because uh, the army he was fighting on behalf of was stupid. Yeah, because they were trying to attack. Uh, uh, is it is it Kitai that they're trying to attack? They're trying to attack Thulsa Doom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you might know as James Earl Jones. That's right. Who famously says, tie him to the tree of woe. And then turns into a snake. It's a good James Earl Jones. Thank you, Matt. Issue 7. I liked this one a lot. So this is... It's not King Conan, but it is a bearded Conan. Who uh, strolls up into a brothel at the start of the issue. And hires himself some sex workers. This one is actually like a super fun issue. And decides to take those sex workers with him on a trip. The madam quotes him an astronomical amount of money, and he pays it. (laughs) Yeah, he pays it in gold. That's right. 
they don't know where he's taking them. He they're going on this long trip. They don't know where he's going. He convinces them that they're on this trip for a good reason, and also they all want to fuck him real bad after he yeah. kills a bunch of wolves. You know, because he's Conan. Yeah, and like, and the one thing we know about Conan, uh, well, two things we know about Conan. Um, one kills. Two, yep. he's he's a good sexman. That's just if he was if he was in a Hideo Kojima game. Yeah. His He's name good, would be Good Sexman. Good Sexman. Then the ladies that he's with give him a makeover. Because Loved it. Lo- I wanted that sequence to go on for like eight pages. Because here's the deal. He's bringing them with him because he wants to kill a guy who only lets people into his presence when they have women with them. Yeah, because he's, he's always looking for his new bride. Yeah, because he has like a like, he has like a party cruise. That's right. And so he like he needs uh, like n- new new ladies for the party cruise. But they're going on a they're, they're going on a fucking riverboat cruise, like they're in Branson. Uh, yeah. So here's what Conan says. He says once a year the Argosian banker Phaedus takes a cruise through the underground gardens of Corotus. It's the only time he isn't surrounded by an army's worth of bodyguards, but he is surrounded by women. And the reason Conan had to bring these women from so far away is because this guy has already slept with all the women in the town where he lives. Yeah. So he brings these ladies so he can get on the boat, so he can kill this motherfucker. Yeah. Which, uh, now you might be asking yourself, Chris, Matt, you've told me what Conan does. Does he not avail himself of the lady's services? No, he does not, because he's getting revenge, because this is one of the guys who uh, killed Belit, the right. uh, the pirate queen of the Black Coast. That's right. And so he's just like, hey, take whatever money or whatever you want from this ship. Uh, you've done your job. Later. That's the end of that one. Yeah. Also, the the ladies, uh, like the, the guy like chains Conan up and throws him overboard. And he's like, and now, ladies, uh, you will watch him die. And they like, they have already killed his guards and stab him in the dick, and then give Conan a sword. Yep, uh, that story that is ruled. That story is real good. Uh, issue eight. We're back to an older Conan. He goes back to Samaria, his his hometown, and finds everyone, uh, everyone in Samaria, uh, possessed. Because they have been cursed by Thothamon, the wizard who, you know, he hates Conan. Yeah. He hates him real bad. Not popular with wizards. Uh, Conan finds the kind of first possessed guy (laughs) who was uh, the dog keeper. And he kills him and the little snake that was possessing him. Hates snakes too. And uh, everybody snaps out of it. He gets his family back. That one's all right. It's fine. The the best thing about that issue is that you get to see Kogram. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's Conan's grandma. Kogram. Then in issue nine, a younger Conan finds himself. This this kind of gives away the story. 
but he finds himself in the belly of a giant, basically a giant elder god, whose insides make you hallucinate all your enemies. The Levia God, it is called. And so some some old Conan enemies uh, returned in this one. Yeah. But as hallucinations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was stoked when I turned the page and got a uh, full page shot of Thak. Mm-hmm. Now, Thak is uh, the principal antagonist of my favorite Conan story, which is called Rogues in the House. Uh, which, if you have not read it, that is the story where Conan fights a gorilla that thinks it's a wizard. That's right. It rules. And he's back, at least momentarily, in this book, even though it's not the actual fact. It is a leech man. Because mm-hmm. there's just a bunch of like leech creatures inside this giant elder god. Yeah, I believe this is also the only issue where Conan wears his Barry Windsor Smith helmet. With the horns? I believe you're right. They're they're leech creatures that you hallucinate as being your worst enemies. Yeah, like the the Frost Giants from The Frost Giant's Daughter are in here. Uh, Thak, of course, is in here. Um, The Elephant God from Tower of the Elephant is on the cover, but I don't remember if he's actually in the story. We do get to see the King Snake again, though. Yeah. Oh wait, no, there he is. The elephant god is in there. Okay, Yankosha. Uh This one's this one's pretty good, and uh, it's an incredible art showcase. Mamun Asrar kills it on that issue. Yeah, it's really good. Then ten through twelve, the Crimson Witch and her kids uh, do everything they can to kill Conan, and they do. They get him. They, 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 they kill good. him right up. They kill him right up. But then Conan goes to the afterlife and uh, fights Krom like he's fucking Kratos. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. He fights Krom. It's uh, uh, pretty dope. Yeah, because Krom's like, yeah. Uh, uh, was it Razazel? Razazel. Razazel. Like Nightcrawler's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, yeah, uh, he's going to take over the Earth. And Krom's like, good, I don't give a fuck. And Conan's like, okay, well, hang on. Like, like all my like all my stuff is there. Uh, and then he f- has a fist fight with Krom, who is a mountain. Yeah. There's this thing where Conan, Conan starts out in the afterlife as like a preteen. Or at least a teenager. And it is extremely hard for him to climb this mountain to try to get to where Krom is. And he gets older and older every time he fails to climb the mountain. Then he realizes that Krom is the mountain. And essentially refuses to give up. And so Krom is like, okay, fine. I will let you go back. But when you when you die next time, you're gonna come back to me, and you're gonna wish you died right now. Get fucked. Yeah, it, it feels like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get weak and old, and uh, and people who once feared you are not going to even remember who you are. 
Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that is cold. Yeah. And here's my question for you, Matt, because I, I quite liked this issue, which again, like, there there's a lot of God of War in the uh, frame story for this, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say. Yep, I would uh, agree. Sp- specifically a lot of God of War 2018. Uh, although most Conan stories are... <laughs> I, th- I would not be surprised if there was a uh, Conan story where you had to to push the right buttons to make him butt good. Um, <laughs> do you think that this is like a legitimate like fight between Conan and Krom, or do you think this is Krom's test to see if Conan is worthy of being returned to the world? Well, a point that gets hammered throughout this run on Conan is that Krom does not care. Yeah. Right? Like, it is repeated that Conan never prays to Krom because he knows Krom isn't listening. And he goes out of his way to never pray to Krom. Like, he'll say, bye, Krom, or Krom, Krom, help me, or whatever, but that's not a prayer. It's just an exclamation. He knows Krom isn't listening. Yeah. So I feel like that is the payoff of us being told over and over again, Krom don't give a fuck. And so I think this is a real fight where Conan doesn't quite get Krom to give a fuck. But he bothers Krom so much that Krom has to be like, fine, I will let you go back. Now, Matt, I'm I'm curious about uh if you know this, because I are you like, are you a Conan guy? I know you've read like a, a, a grip of it, but I don't know if it's like I've, I've read a grip of it. I've never read the books. Like the Robert E. Howard books. I've read okay. a bunch of comics. I know exactly where I, if I, I don't want to say that like this is where uh, Jason Aaron got the idea, but like there's definitely a very distinct place that had to have been an inspiration for this story, which is what if Thor fought Conan the Barbarian? Yeah. Because in that book, uh, if you haven't read it, it's actually really good. Like all the what ifs with Conan are pretty good. Like the one where he gets stuck in the 20th century and has a gun. <laughs> It's pretty great. Um, But, like, in that one, Thor gets uh, trapped back in the Hyborian Age. And, you know, he's a god, so he climbs up a mountain to go talk to Krom. And Krom casts him down the mountain. Uh, And so, like, Thor and Conan basically become the, the world's greatest tag team. And this story and that story are just enough, like, similar in structure and we know Jason Aaron is a Thor guy that like knowing that that connection was there with this issue made it like a nice, that was the first time this felt like, Oh, this is Conan coming back to Marvel comics. Yeah, it definitely has that feel to it. I, there is a lot of like Howard original stories basis for this book too, though. I, th- oh, I feel for like. sure. Yeah. It, like I, I feel like, it's very evident throughout here that Aaron has done his research on this. Uh, like he feels confident that he can have this Conan in the last issue. The one you were talking about, who's in like a shirt and pants and singing a song like the young kind of happy go lucky Conan. Who's not quite the Conan we're used to, but is definitely Conan. 
And also in this last issue, last issue, it wraps up the story. Conan comes back to life. He decides that he can kill those two kids because they're monsters now and they're not, they don't look like children anymore. He says that out loud. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there is a part where he's like, I mean, I've never really killed children before, but, uh, <laughs> and then he, and then they kill him. But when he comes back, they have already turned into demons. He's like, this, cool. This, this is what they say. This is our true form. The blood made us free. Your blood. And now we need the rest of it. They say they've been remade in the image of Rezazel. And Conan just says, so what you're saying is, you're not children anymore. Good. <laughs> awesome. Because uh, I'm Conan. So I can kill the fuck out of you. Yeah. And uh, he does He does some fighting. Eventually, his son, Khan, shows up with an army. And they sort of bail Conan out in the very end. And uh, in Conan, Conan lives. Yeah, because I mean, Conan kicks a ass in this issue, but also they do summon Rezazel, the uh, blood god, who yeah. is uh, a uh, man made of blood covered in mouths. Yep, it's pretty good. I like that. Pretty creepy. Pretty yeah. good. You know, Conan can't fight, can't fight, and and beat gods two issues in a row. That that would be silly. I, I actually really appreciate how. Conan has to rely on luck a few times throughout this book. Like in the, in the one where he lucks out from getting executed twice, Mm -hmm. uh, how he occasionally needs the help of, uh, the picts and how Khan comes in, saves him in this one, in this one at the very end of it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, which I think is a, a nice element of Conan stories is like, yeah, he's like a, a badass, but, you know, he's also not the smartest dude in the room and gets by on a lot of luck sometimes. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, and I'm very glad that we were recommended this book because I very much enjoyed it. I wasn't exactly sure where it was going. But by the time it got there, I was like, I'm glad I, I'm glad I went on this journey. I will say this. Like, again, I think we both feel pretty positive about this comic and, and this, uh, these 12 issues of run, but I will say it's reading them all at once. Like, I don't know how long it took you to read them out. I don't know if you spaced them out. Cause I, I, so what I did was I, I read the first couple of issues in one sitting. Cause I, I started reading it and then something came up where I had to stop. And then I read the rest of it all in one go. Pretty okay. much. Cause I read, like I said, I read the first nine and then I read all of the, the last three issues, which are the last story uh, all together. And that's a weird reading experience because we have an overarching story, but we have a lot of meandering before we get back to it. And and the thing is, this is what I always say I want, right? Like it's like, like comics where each comic is a unit of story, but there is something overarching tying it together. You know, it's, it's how comics worked for, for years. And, uh, for and again, I, I feel like that is the structure of a lot of prestige television. Yeah, where you you might have a self-contained episode, 
with a teaser at the end that connects to the season arc. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the last few episodes of the season are all all wrapping up the season arc. Yeah, like that's how Strange Apparitions works. You know, the Steve Englehart, Marshall Rogers run. Like there is an overarching, like the overarching plot is all Silver St. Cloud stuff. But each issue or two issues are very much their own distinct stories. The thing is this, I don't think it really works here. Like I think structurally, it's like the structure of it is is weak. The The whole thing is good. The parts are good. But the parts don't go together as neatly as they should. There's a lot of, okay, well, when are we getting back to those kids? Because they're mentioned a lot, but they're never really, like, they don't do anything. There's no advancement for that plot, you know? Yeah, there's there's a lot of teasing at the end of the issues about what's coming. And we eventually find out that the kids have been there for each of these stories, but only kind of to watch Conan. Yeah. So that they can be there when his blood gets good enough. They're they're waiting for his blood to get to be the best Conan blood. Mm-hmm. It, it has that. to be at the peak of its blood quality. Yeah. And so their role in the story for almost all of it is just to kind of be in the background. Yeah. So maybe if that plot would have not been spaced out the way it is, because it's literally in, if you read number one, you could then read number 10, 11, and 12, and you would not have missed anything in that story. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily recommend you, you do so, because again, they're good, but it's because it's structured that way, which I think is a very odd way to structure it. It it feels so weird, and I don't think works. So and it's so weird what you're to saying say is, that. so what you're saying is, you feel like Jason Aaron had a, a grip of single issue stories to tell, Conan stories to tell, but because of the constraints of modern comics, where we have to do these big mega arcs they had to be told under the guise of being under some kind of big meta plot umbrella. See, I don't even think, I don't even know if that's it because I feel like, you know, having, uh, having been on both sides of like Marvel's publishing strategy, like I feel like if these were the first four issues of Conan, that's your paperback and it's, you know, Conan, Conan and the Crimson Witch or whatever. And maybe the thought was, you know, this is this is a Marvel Comics Conan book. It's Conan returning to Marvel at, for the first time since the 90s. Uh, so we need to reintroduce Conan, which for me seems weird because, you know, I've read at least 50 issues, probably closer to 75 of the Roy Thomas Conan. And I've read most of the Kurt Busiek and Carrie Nord and Tim Truman Conan and a lot of one shots. Like I've read, I've read the novels, so like I do not need to be reintroduced to this character, and maybe like today's readers do. Let's yeah, let's assume that the idea then was for this to be a, an introduction for a group of readers to Conan, 
and the thought is, okay, let's do one big story where we show Conan at every part of his life. Mm-hmm. And we show him in all kinds of different situations and scenarios, and he's traveling all over the world. So in some of these stories, he's like fighting a war in a desert, and in some of these stories, he's by himself on a pirate ship. And in some, he's like a king who's kind of bored. And in some, he's a young, like brash kind of figure. Yeah. I can see that. Like, we're going to show the full spectrum of Conan. Yeah, I mean, we do. One story. We do, like, almost in order, like, get the. Like the 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 Numidian Chronicles thing at the beginning, right? Like yeah. uh, uh, a thief, a reaver, a slayer. Like we we get it all, all aspects, and I think that's good. But a having read this, b having seen Jason Aaron do similar stories both in Thor and Avengers, where he does the multiple timelines thing in in different ways and kind of brings them together. I think more elegantly. It it just it it. It doesn't hold. It doesn't hold up in the way that it does, or in the way that it should, which is weird because it's still very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. It's it's not the perfect Conan story, but I do think I do think if I was going to introduce someone who was like, "Hey, I remember Conan from when I was younger, but I never really read it." I could imagine giving them like a book of these 12 issues and be like, this will tell you what you need to know about Conan. See, here's the thing. I don't think it, I, I wouldn't, I think the start of the, the Busek and Nord run is a much better introduction to Conan because it's linear. It adapts some, uh, Howard stories. It's, pretty straightforward but you get like a little bit of everything you know and it's it's you know as as pretty like it doesn't look like an old comic even though it's from 17 years ago yeah it is beautiful absolutely beautiful which that's not necessarily a flaw of this story but it is a thing where it's like i feel like there's in in terms of introducing or or reintroducing in a lot of ways uh conan i think we've seen it done better which again, I do want to clear, like, make sure everybody knows this is good. <laughs> like, I do not regret reading it, and I don't think it's bad. But it is, it's the structure makes it so weird that why didn't why weren't those just the first four issues, you know? Or like, or like the first, like, why didn't we get like the first two parts of that story? And have, like, you know, Conan get killed. And then instead of, like, the, like, just climbing up the mountain over and over, like Captain Kirk in Star Trek V, uh, we could see, like, all of these different pieces of Conan's life, like, in the, the meantime. Because as it stands, like, it's such a, it's such an odd structure. All right, Chris, I think it's time to rank this. Which... It's, it's, I think our final finding is that we feel positively about this story, but we do 
believe it to have some flaws. Yes. So let's figure out where that, that is. We currently have, as far as I can tell, three Conan stories on the Every Story Ever list. Top at 199 is what you said is your favorite Conan story, Rogues <clears> in the <throat> House. That's the one with the an ape that thinks it's a wizard. Yes. Thack. Thack. Tower of the Elephant is at 739. That's a Kurt Busiek, Carrie no- Nord story. That's a big gap. It's a big gap. That does not help us at all. Do you think it's between those two? I mean, yeah. Like, because Tower of the Elephant is... I, I If memory serves, the reason that went there was because that Conan's really passive in that story. He just climbs a tower and there's an elephant god up there and the elephant god's like, sucks to be an elephant god in a tower. And Conan's like, I feel you, dog. <laughs> and that's kind of the end. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, a a well-done version of that story, but like Tower of the Elephant is not. It's not the best. Yeah, not the best. For reference, our third Conan story is at 827. Which is, what if number 43, what if Conan was stranded in the 20th century? That's the one where he has a gun. <clears throat> and a tiger. Yep. Not a lion like he has in this. So we're looking between 199 and 739, which is a very big gap. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> but like, I, think that, I, I think it's probably going to go closer to 200 than 700. Because again, it's good. It's good. But it actually, even though each story is, like, solid, like, the worst story, which I actually think is the one that's it's that's in with all the hallucinations, uh, I feel like that is, that's the worst one, I think. And it's still pretty good. I would not say that that's the worst one. I like that one. Which one do you think is the worst? No, I, I like it, but I think, like, I like all 12 issues. The one that probably connects with me the least is the Conan is a mercenary issue. Uh, it just doesn't, like, there, there's nothing as much, there's not as much to grab onto in that one. Matt, he kills like. that guy while he's handcuffed. He, I mean, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah. But it it's... It, you don't have as much to latch onto as like the one where he hires the sex workers and yeah. goes after that dude. That issue rules. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's very very the, good. The one where he's the mercenary is just like pretty pretty good. Fair, but like even at at their worst, those are still solid comics. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm just fine. I'm I'm looking at the midpoint, basically. Between those two Conan stories, which I think is somewhere around 400, and 400, or maybe 450, uh, but 400 is Captain Britain and MI13 Vampire State. Is this better than that? No. No. no that's, got, that's got Dracula shooting uh, vampires out of cannons on the moon. <laughs> yeah. 450 is Batman Super Heavy. I think that we're very much... In the ballpark with that. Okay. Super Heavy is the Commissioner Gordon is Batman. It is where Commissioner Gordon quits smoking and works out and then gets in a robot and he's Batman now. Yeah. 
story's pretty good. Notably, two places below that is Batman Endgame, another Batman story from that same run. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's about where it's going to go. It's tough, Matt. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, we, there's a lot. There's good stuff in this section of the list. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as Manhunter. Like, all right, all told, the Kate Spencer Manhunter. I think it's. I don't think it's as good a reintroduction as Astonishing X Men, but I think it's probably like if it's if it's if we say it's better than Super Heavy, I think it probably goes right under Astonishing X Men. I don't know that it is better than Super Heavy. Yeah, I mean, there's good. Okay, okay. How do you think it ranks against issues one through twenty-five of Rom Space Knight? I mean, it's probably better. <laughs> probably better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Matt, those issues are good, but let's 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 like they are also from nineteen eighty. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, I'm. I'm good with putting it right below Astonishing X-Men. Right above the uh, recent-ish Declan Shalvey Moon Knight. Because yeah, it, it's actually structured very similarly to that those six issues of Moon Knight. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I think they're they're pretty comfortable in that regard. Again, it's weird to have these comics and to have seen like a very similar like a very similar thing from from the same uh like writer with a character Thor who is somewhat similar like in in the ball the genre ballpark certainly if if you're going to put Conan with any mainstream Marvel universe character it should probably be Thor so the life life and death of Conan Conan 2019 numbers 1 through 12 is now on the list at number 449, which is in the top half. Actually, well in the top half. There are now 1,159 stories on the Every Story Ever list. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, we've talked a lot about the story, but, like, the art kills in this. It's amazing. Like, and I think, like, to to say that this comic was in any way, like, uh, worse than average would be, like, just flat out wrong yeah. so yeah definitely belongs in the top half of the list uh, i wish the whole thing was drawn by mahmoud asrar that's the only the only kind of complaint i have the issue not to say Punisher. not to say that gerardo safino does a bad job but it's hard to compete with that good good mahmoud asrar art yeah it definitely like the issue with punisher conan partly because it's a different artist and partly because it's about Conan being the Punisher, feels like a fill-in. It, you know? Yeah, and the, the one where he goes to find his family possessed also feels that way, even though I will say the sketchier art in that issue feels very appropriate. Mm, yes, for sure. Because I feel like that is supposed to be the oldest Conan, and it's supposed to feel very surreal. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the oldest Conan from that video game, Conan Troll. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was a good joke, Mac. I haven't even played that. <laughs> I, I crushed that one. I look just because I don't laugh doesn't mean I don't like it. You should know this about me by now. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
I do laugh more like, now than you did when we started doing the show together. That's true. I, I've loosened up a little. All right, we've ranked it. And we appreciate our listeners recommending that book to us. I think they knew we were going to like it, Chris. Yeah, I think uh, good good call on that one. If you have a recommendation for a story for us to read and catch up on, uh, send it to us. Send us that recommendation. You can do it at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. Or you can send it to us on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at warrocketpod. That Twitter account is where you can vote in the uh, the polls that we do every month to choose what we're going to read on the show. If you think we should have read something else, you got to get on Twitter. You got to follow us at War Rocket Pod, and you got to vote in those polls. Uh, Matt, I have a question for you. Okay, when did we start doing comics catch up? This would be comics catch up number. I will look up what number this is. Actually, okay. uh, this is comics catch up number twenty three. Okay, so, so that number of months ago. Did we do a seasonal uh, story last year for December I, Times? Or, or is Comics Catch-Up exempt from that requirement? I don't know that it's a requirement, but it is certainly something we could do. I don't see why we couldn't. Yeah. Well, if anybody out there has, uh, mm. if you want to pitch some uh, seasonal holiday recommendations for us to catch on, I would, I would enjoy that, I think, going into the... Uh, the Yuletide season. Yeah, maybe we can at the very least do it in December, uh, which I guess is all we have left. <laughs> I don't remember what time is. Yep, that's why I asked. Oh, yes, we did do a holiday episode last time. Uh, we did a Judge Red Christmas story and a Hellboy Christmas story uh, for the holidays last year. So yeah, hit us up with some holiday stories to read for catch-up. That'll be fun. If you have other stuff you want to recommend for catch-up, hit us up on those places I said. Uh, we want to take your suggestions and read those things. Before we get out of here, you can find me at mattdwilson.net. That is the place where you can find links to my books my social medias, and my comics, including Everything Will Be Okay, a graphic novel that is available in comic stores right now. If your comic shop doesn't have it, make them order it. Chris, where can people find you? People can find uh, my stuff at the-isb.com. It's got all the stuff that you want there for for you to enjoy. So enjoy it. See you in December, everybody. We'll catch up on something seasonal. Let us know what you would like us to to read. Yeah. And uh, until then, good catching up. (laughs)